Previously on Tob Radio. We spent three hours cleaning your junk. Give it a poosh and keep those animals in the bushes. I shoot, I shoot people and I play golf. You must really be an A's fan. Like, or you must be part of witness protection. This week on Tob Radio. One week, no teeter for you. Come on, man, don't do me like that. Well, fellas, I am a triple threat. The three threats I possess, handsome, funny, modest, and athletic. So sit back, crack open a cold one, and get ready for The Old Boys. All right, everybody, welcome to Tob Radio. We're The Old Boys. I'm Guido, along with Scoot. Yeah, yeah! And Johnson, we are back. We are back. It's been uh, we took a week off. I, I figure, you know, with the summer being here and vacations and whatnot, there might be, you know, we might be biweekly. Scoot, you're you're biweekly sometimes, right? I, um, I'm, Scott is <laughs> yes, he is regular. <laughs> Scoot, I Scoot don't is want to say what regular. I wanted to say, so I will not say anything. I'll just say yes. No, we'll probably uh, we'll be you know we'll be here and there, but we'll be we'll have episodes <laughs> during the summer. You'll hear us. It just may not be every single week. Right. So you guys are killing me. Unless I say things, unless say. unless Top Nation steps up, there's lots of tweets, and they you know they you know expect every single week. I, I got a feeling it'll be you know maybe every other week for the summer. So it feels we all have good though. It felt it. I don't know. It felt like the world needed us to be back this week. Is what mm-hmm. I feel like. I I to- I totally agree, especially. Especially because the three of us are, are baseball fans, and maybe the greatest thing so far in the 2019 baseball season happened this weekend at the San Francisco Giants versus Dodgers game on Sunday. It was just magnificent, if you will. Um, uh, Max Muncy up to bat against Madison Bumgarner, Scoot, and uh, Max cranked one. He did. He put one. He put one out into McCovey Cove, yeah, right center field. I mean, it, honestly, it's one of the longer ones I've ever seen go into the go into the water there, and uh, did, did not not really a bat flip. He didn't really do a bat flip. Would you call would you call that a bat no, flip? No, I guess it was one of his his less, I uh, more tame. I guess I should say more tame bat flips or drops. I guess. Yeah, um, but but sort of what got everybody's. Uh, you know, no, noticed about it was the fact that he 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 kind of jawed a little bit with Bumgarner running around the first base there. Well, from what I gather, he um, he hit the ball. He yep. kind of stared at it a little bit, kind of watched it go out. He watched it. Yeah, he he took in the view, and then he started his trot. And Bumgarner didn't like the fact that he took his sweet time watching it. So yeah, Bumgardner chirped a little bit. Yeah, let, you want to hear you want to hear the story. Let's hear it as Max. Let's hear it as Max tells it. This is this is Max telling the story. Well, he uh, you know I hit the ball and then he yelled at me. He said, "Don't watch the ball. You run." Um, and I just responded back, uh, "You know, if you want, if you don't want me to watch the ball, you can go get it out of the ocean." <laughs> so that's like that is that hilarious. Was his, that is great. That was in his post game interview against uh, with the interview with uh, Spectrum Sportsnet LA and. Uh, and he, he just go get it out of the ocean. Like, <laughs> and I guess uh, from everything I've read and heard, um, that uh, Bumgarner is kind of an old school guy. Doesn't like the fact that some guys will, you know, watch their home runs or whatever. Yeah. And uh, it's funny. I, Bumgarner referred to Max Muncie as a kid, which I think is kind yeah. of funny. They're a year apart. In age. Oh, are they really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Muncie's but, 28, Bumgarner's I, 29. Well, with that said, I feel like Bumgarner's been around, he's been around the, the league a lot right. longer than than uh, Muncie has. I mean, Muncie really only came on last year as sort of a star, you know. Uh, he, I think he's been pretty hot in the minors, but last year was, you know, his kind of breakout season. But uh, I love it. I love the uh, I love the chirping, chirping with him. Is it, is it... So what's the where's the problem? Is the problem with the batters and their flips? I mean, it, earlier in the season we had uh, who was it? Tim Anderson flipped a bat for the White Sox and got everyone all fired up. Um, Derek Dietrich for the Reds, um, he hits the ball and then he stares at it for roughly seven minutes and then decides <laughs> he's going to start trotting. 
But in I this case, it's... I didn't feel like he did. Like in this case, I didn't feel like that was necessarily the case. He didn't. He didn't do some extravagant bat flip. And yeah, he paused and watched it, but he didn't stand there. I didn't think. I I just think the pitcher was way sensitive about giving up a meatball, and he just he just went at him. Now, like the. Who did you say the so the first example for the White Sox? I mean that was yeah. cre- I mean he was really laying it on thick with his bat flip. So I I get that one, but this one to me when I saw the replay, I didn't think it was that bad. I just thought the pitcher was kind of really looking, really you know really really raw about it and really looking to get to get a word in with him. Is what well, I let thought. me let me ask you this and like in our heyday like when we were growing up in the the nine the nineties and even the early two thousands like the home run you know was they didn't watch you you hit the home run but you didn't watch it you didn't you hit the home run you didn't stare at it you just you knew it was gone so you started trotting down the first base what's what's more offensive to you as a pitcher a guy who doesn't watch his home runs and knows it's gone and acts that way or a guy who stands there and watches it like what do you if you're a pitcher uh, I, what's more offensive I mean, if you're a pitcher I think it's the guy that stares. Yeah, yeah, you want you want him just you want to say, "Come on, man, just run, stop." <laughs> we know it's gone. <laughs> I mean, it's just so interesting. So let me I ask mean, this I, though, I think I which think is it's worse. Right. Which is worse here, Guido? The guy that stares at his home run, or the pitcher who flexes his arms and yells crazy stuff on strike three? You know, right. third out of whatever inning. And well, why? Pit, and why don't we talk about that? that? Yeah. Why? Yeah, I think, why I don't we talk about those things? There are some pitchers that go crazy after a strikeout. Bumgarner does it. Watch him sometimes. He gets in. He pumps it. He genuflects. I mean, he gets into it. Does. I mean, I think that they. That it's it's very hypocritical. They're, it's okay to like pump your fist when you strike a guy out, but when a guy watches his home run or takes a nice lace trot down the first yeah. base to see it, see it go, he's he's it's, all of a sudden the bad guy. It's got to go both ways. It can't. Yeah, I mean, no. it's got to go both ways. The pitcher can't put one in a guy's ear hole the next time he's up because he he stared at oh, his home run. You you watch. I guarantee you because that was the last game of the series between the Dodgers and the Giants. Yeah. for the, the weekend series. Wait They'll till play they each other back up. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, that this is just the beginning of it. This is going to ignite things between those two teams. I I, I just think that which you leads know, to my next little side well, topic. Before you leave, baseball. before you okay, leave that though, Scoot, hold on a second. Like. So do those two guys have a prior history or was that just over that one instance? I don't, none that I know. I don't none think that I'm so. Aware of. Now what I had heard was that, um, and maybe watching game film, you know, like pitchers watch film because they want to see where, you know, guys weaknesses are. And I'm sure that Bumgarner's probably watched film on the, the home runs that Muncie has hit. And maybe he kind of, was edgy because he felt like maybe in the past, I'm just speculating, maybe in the past Muncie stared because I guess Muncie does have a little bit of a bat flip kind of stare to his yeah, home he runs does. or whatever. So maybe he he kind of was like preconditioned to think that, for it. yeah, like he's going to he's gonna flip this bat on me. How dare you? know? I'm not going to let him do that to me. Well, maybe that's that would make more sense. He just seems super sensitive to it. You know, I mean, come on. So – let me ask this question because um, what's going to happen next time they play is somebody's going to get hit most likely. Right. Um, should the umpires go into the, that series with that information already in mind or should they just umpire it clean? Like it's like the past doesn't really matter. Well, do you think it would make a difference? Be, well, and I say that because last night, or I, the, I'm assuming the, you mean that you want the ump to like read them like a pre-warning, like "Hey, heads well, up! I know there's stuff here." So that's where I'm kind of going because last night there was a game between the Pirates and the Braves, in which Joe Musgrove, the the Pirates pitcher, threw inside on Josh Donaldson, hit his shirt, hit like the one of the buttons on his shirt yeah. as Donaldson was jumping back probably about i don't know uh tomahawk level on his braves jersey okay well donaldson threw the bat down this was in the first inning by the way um two outs in the first inning threw the bat down started staring staring at musgrove started down the first baseline and yelled at musgrove what are you looking at musgrove said what are you looking at i'm not looking at anything what are you looking at and then Donaldson kind of went after 
Musgrove. Musgrove, or Donaldson gets thrown out. No, no punches or anything, but because, of course, the guy that goes on the offensive, somehow he ends up like the deepest guy out of the 400 guys that are on the field. He's yelling from mm-hmm. like the 10th the row of guys. <laughs> but he, um, he gets thrown out of the game. Musgrove got thrown out of the game. <laughs> He's like from the 10th row of guys. So the umpires threw Musgrove. They threw Mun- – or oh, I got me thinking Muncie. They threw Donaldson out because he got offensive. Like he actually pushed the catcher out right. of the way. He was the okay. one that kind of initiated. Right. They threw Musgrove out because oh, Musgrove really? took his hat off. What? <laughs> and put his glove down on the ground. Yes. Is that like throwing a shoe in a Middle Eastern culture? It's just I, offensive? Like I, well, baseball's offended if you took your hat off? The umpire That's absurd. stated what, what's the that big deal? he felt that that was an aggressive move. <laughs> so I don't know. So that's my concern is now umpiring becomes more the issue than the actual bat flip, you know, pitcher yelling stuff as a strikeout i'm trying to relate that to like everyday life though that's like i'm at harris teeter i don't like the price you just gave me on those bananas i take my hat off and the store manager escorts me out because she felt like that was an aggressive (laughs) Aggressive. that was an aggressive move you throw your hat on the ground and you're mad at the bananas you're like this price is ridiculous (laughs) i'm not paying that sir sir please please leave you (laughs) you are ejected from harris teeter Because you took your hat off and you dropped your shopping bag. You're out of here. The guy in produce turns around. You are out of here. One week, no teeter for you. (laughs) Come on, man. Don't do me like that. So is it a a baseball problem? Is it a society problem? I, I don't know. Like... I, I this is the this is the only thing I have to say that I, I feel like this is what leads baseball down into making these like ridiculous rules that start to like really pick things apart like if you if you run out on the field during an inter in, in, you know an altercation and you take your hat off you're automatically going to be thrown out you know it's that well you're not that, wrong but Guido to me that that's such a baseball thing like to me it's not it's a baseball pro i don't know if you'd say problem but that's just such a baseball thing to me like i i don't know i mean there's so many little things that oh man in baseball that's a big offense you can't do that he's going to hear about that next time he's up or whatever well and i think that's the thing about baseball that's that's kind of different than a lot of other sports which is there are so many unwritten rules of baseball that if they are broken like the bat flip if that rule is broken then you know the next inning there's ramifications you know there's you know that you're 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 somebody gets thrown at whatever you know somebody comes in spikes up but doesn't the bat flip seem so old fogey like to be a hater of the bat flip I mean, and I don't mean the egregious ones. I mean, like, I don't, I don't mean like a guy standing up there, you know, flexing or whatever at the plate. Well, I think that's, that's the difference though. It's like, come on, man. Like little bat flips. I don't, but I don't think it's the little bat flips. People don't freak out anymore. It's like, uh, the other, the other night, um, who was it for the Braves? Um, Acuna hit that, hit that home run against the Miami and he walked almost all the way down the first base and then like flipped his bat backwards <laughs> over his head. Like that's a little egregious. Yeah, like that's okay. where it's, you know, it gets kind of out of control. Like, I think that's the difference. It's like, you know, I, I'm just, I, think that's I guess I'm just surprised that pitchers in, in the big show, I mean, you know what you're up against you know the caliber of athlete you're facing that could happen on every pitch it's going to happen every once in a but, while if a dude but, it you know watches his home run you can't just go off the deep end it's gonna happen but here's the difference though is i think in baseball like a pitcher like madison bumgarner comes in and he's got such a you know mystique and he's and he's he you know it's such a mental game baseball is between the pitcher and the batter so I think in order for him to keep that up, he has got to yell at Max Muncy when he, you know, throws his bat, flips his bat, and trots slowly down to first base. Now that I'll give you, yeah. He's got to still look like he's got balls you. in order to. All right, so here's right. the question. For the right. next guy. But hold on. Uh, I mean, you're you're right there because if I'm a linebacker, hey, man, I'll, I'll find you next play, you know. Right. If I'm a forward in basketball, 
okay, man, you bring it down through the lane again. Let's see how that works out. If I'm yeah, a pitcher, right. I may not see you. Right. I may not see you for another, what, you know, innings. You know, it's it's not the same. I guess that's how you get it in. All right, you guys both played Little League, correct? <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. Uh, any home Scoot runs? Got, any home Scoot, runs for you guys? Scoot was the king of the bat flips and – uh, yeah, there were home runs, but m- mine were, I-, I didn't realize they were out. So, you know, it was more like I was already booking it to try to get the double. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did either of Half, you pitch? Halfway to second base before somebody was like, hey, it's out. Slow down. Yeah, I wasn't I, a, I wasn't very fast, so I had to work hard to get that double. <laughs> did yeah, either of so, you pitch? Yes, and yes. And I did yes. not. I, I did okay, not so did you uh, yell anything when you struck a guy out? Did no. Did you show any emotion? No. Listen, I was so scared of the ball coming immediately back and hitting me in the face <laughs> that I was just happy to end the inning and get get back in the dugout. So no, so I was uh, I was Johnson never one to like most, have bravado. Johnson on finished pitching. most innings one step in the dugout. Would, so I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a little story though. <laughs> I, I will tell you, you and maybe it is like it's in the heat of the moment or whatever. You do things and you don't think that you do. You don't think about them, but you do them because you're you know angry or upset. So I was um, I put in high school. I played baseball in high school. I was a catcher. I played summer ball. Pal- we called it Palomino ball. I played summer ball, um, and I was a catcher. And I had this incident once where a guy came in. It was a play at the plate. I was I was catching. Guy came sliding in. He came in, spikes up right at my legs, and spiked me. Got me on my shin. Uh. You know, with with in and in that level, like when we were little kids, we didn't have metal spikes. But in call in high school, we had metal spikes. Right. And and spiked me and I purposefully when he spiked me when he hit my leg I personally like took all my weight and you guys know me I'm, I'm not a small dude I've always been a pretty big dude uh took all my weight and fell right down on his legs with it as hard as I could and he like yelled out in pain and I was like oh my god I think I just broke his leg <laughs> I was like I'm gonna get in trouble for this I did not I, thank god but I feel like you know I you do though I guess sometimes you do those things in the heat of the moment and the passion of the game or whatever you want to say you know that you know he came in spikes up pissed me off i went down on his legs hard well know? and look i would i mean scoot i don't know what story you're gonna tell but if i was pitching and a guy hit one out and then stood there and watched it i mean that would yeah that would infuriate me and that would probably set me off so i don't really judge either way i don't uh, you know and if i'm batting and a dude tried to brush me back by putting one in my ear hole i that would also set me off so i, I see it either way i guess i just expect more of people like when I'm in senior league and I get mad, okay, I play for Johnny's Pizza or whatever. But when I'm on the Atlanta Braves and I'm a professional athlete, I just expect more out of those guys that come on. Well, and I think that I think it's also the fact that the bat flips are starting to go the way of the touchdown celebration. You know, they're getting more and more ridiculous. You know, it's not just a bat flip; it's a carry it down to first base and sling it up in the air. What you know, it's right. It's it's becoming it, pretty soon they're going to be like moonwalking the first base and they hit a home run you know <laughs> ah that'd be awesome like Willie Mays Hayes yeah like, yes like, like Willie, Willie Mays, Mays Hayes oh so I, no it was interesting it's a good week I just thought it would be you know interesting to talk a little bit about the bat flips and the and the pitching inside so it's been it's, it's been an interesting baseball season so far we'll have to see what happens from here on out well it's definitely well, a thing so. Listen, let's take a break. We'll come back, and we're going to do our new hot segment that everybody loves. We're going to play Bluff the Fluffs, Scooty against Johnson, like it is every week. I got some catching up to do. He's got some catching up to do. So don't go anywhere. Stay right here. We'll be right back on Tob Radio. everybody welcome back to top radio i'm guido along with scoot and johnson don't forget check us out online that's www.topradio.com why do we even say ww it's topradio.com and it's a, let's, let's face it let, let's face it world-renowned terrific looking website I mean, let's just say <laughs> I just, I just wanted to be true. silent it's just very to true. make you mad. No, it is great. You got to go check it out. It's definitely the hub. You can find everything about us there. You can get to our Facebook page. You can find us on the Twitter. We were nodding, yes. You just yeah. couldn't. You <laughs> we just, just couldn't give it a nod. The silence. Johnson, so Johnson runs. 
Johnson runs the website, which is giving him a little hard time. So listen, guys. Please get on I, there so we can get our page views excited. up. I am very excited. I'm very excited about this week's uh, Bluff the Fluff. It was a last-minute change. I tell you, I was uh, I was couldn't come up with a good topic. I had a pretty boring one uh, about Flag Day going. I was like, this isn't going to be funny. Flag Day's not that interesting. And then I was sitting there, and I was reading. Say that to um, Betsy Ross. I was reading the sports, uh, the sports sections, of my sports, my sports news, and I read this little snippet, and I was like, I know what I'm going to do. So this is out of St. Petersburg, Florida. This has nothing to do with Florida, though, so don't worry. It's out of St. Petersburg, Florida. After an already exhausting road trip got much worse for the Oakland Athletics when their damaged chartered aircraft was caused a four-hour delay leaving Texas on Sunday. Yes, I read this. And yeah, the A's stood in the Texas visiting clubhouse uh, after playing f- four games in 48 hours, and they reached St. Petersburg, Florida at 4 a.m., 15 hours before their Monday game uh, get at Tropicana Field. Which, who Bay schedules Rays. that? Like, That's great. seriously? Give me a break. great. So, anyways, the A's had a rough go at it over the last couple of days. So I thought it would be only be fair if we showed them a little love this week. And this week's Bluff the Fluff is all about... The Oakland Athletics. Yes. Oh boy. Oh. Yes. <laughs> and this is what also because when I win. This is also because it is Johnson's favorite baseball team. Johnson is an oh, if you have if you've been listening to the show, you know Johnson's an o- Oakland Athletic fan, and Scoot uh, continually uh, professes about how he knows nothing about anybody who plays for or anything about the Oakland athletics. Yeah. But scoot sharks us a little bit because he is an epic baseball fan and epic baseball historian. So I have little to no advantage even of, even because of my A's fandom. So let's see how this goes. Well, let's kick it off. I got questions. Uh, I got questions ready. So uh, before we started tonight, we had a coin flip to see who would go first. And Johnson won, so he gets the first <laughs> question this week. So, Johnson, I, Although one. I don't like, before you start, I don't like this because then Scoot gets an early steal. <laughs> oh, and by the way, we should also preface it by saying the fact that, Johnson, you are down three to one right now. I Scoot know, has won I three buff, Bluff the Fluffs. You've only won one. And uh, everybody remember, if you a right answer is worth five points, a steal is worth 10, and the final bluff is worth 25 points. Let's start it off, Johnson, with you. You get the first question. After playing for 50 years in Philadelphia, the, Oak, the Athletics, sorry, at the time they were the Philadelphia Athletics, after playing for 50 years in Philadelphia, the Athletics moved to which city? What city did they move to? Um, let's see. After 50 years, they ended up moving the team to Kansas city. Hey, starting off strong with five points for Johnson. That that's bit. See, there you go. I'm, and you know, it's, it's amazing. Start. They had the same manager for that entire time in Philadelphia. So, uh, that was, that kind of leads us to the, to the next question, oh, which uh-oh. goes to you, Scoot, uh, which MLB hall of famer, uh, named, the team and managed the Oakland Athletics while they were in Philadelphia. Major League Baseball Hall of Famer. And Scooty, you should know the answer to this one. I am gonna say Hudgens. Uh no, this person oh, I, sh- I can't give it to you yet. I'm sorry. Johnson, for the steal, Major League Baseball Hall of Famer managed the athletics and also gave them their name in Philadelphia. So I actually had a bit of a brain lapse as I made that comment, but I believe the manager, the Hall of Fame manager, was Connie Mack. Very good, very good. Connie Mack, who before he was the manager of the Philadelphia Athletics, was the manager of which team, Scoot? Connie Mack, say that again. Connie Mack was the manager of... An owner and also named the Philadelphia Athletics. He named them the. This Athletics. isn't my question, actually. Is it? Is no, this it, isn't your question. Okay. I, I'm just seeing. You should know the answer to this. He was also the manager of which team before he went to the? And he played for this team as well. He was a catcher for this team the back in the 1800s. Yankees. No, the Pittsburgh Pirates. You fool! Your favorite team. You don't even know uh, it. Come on, your favorite team, uh, Connie Mack, Hall of Famer. Is, the best part like is Johnson's got a big grin on his face because he thinks this is finally my chance. At redemption. Well, right, I, I need a win this week, so Johnson, I'm hoping you are it winning continues. right now. You are up ten to nothing. 
So don't don't let it don't let it fall fall off of this. Here you go. No, Johnson. wait, I just stole that one, didn't I? Yeah, so this is your question. Yeah, no, so I'm up 15. 15. Oh, you did. I'm sorry. Come on, oh, man. I need every man. one. I need Johnson, every you point. Because he knows 15. that final bluff, I'll get him. I know. I'm I like am. I'm worried. <laughs> You're like man. a final bluff ninja. 15. All right, here we go. Johnson, what year did the Athletics leave Kansas City and move to Oakland? Ah, that's tough. So... They moved to Kansas City in 19... I'll give you a, not a hint, but uh, just so you know, they were in Philly from uh, 1901 to 1955, and they moved to Kansas City in 1955. What year did they leave Kansas City and move to Oakland? So I believe they only lasted in Kansas City uh, right around 14 or 15 years. Um, so... What year? I think they started in Oakland with like the 69 season. Oh, that's actually, I'm sorry. That's correct. Ah. That's correct. They moved after the 1968 season. So I'll give that to you. Sweet. Uh, That's very correct. So there we go. 20 points for Johnson. Scoot, we're back to you. And uh, this one, Scoot, you should be able to get. In 1989, the Athletics won the World Series. And this starting pitcher won MVP in war number 34. Oh, that would be Dave Stewart. Oh, man. Can you tell me his nickname? I wanted that. Can I tell you Dave Stewart's nickname? Uh, Giggles. Johnson, you got it? You got it? What was his nickname? What did you say? Giggles. Giggles. Giggles, yes. Little known fact, it was Giggles. <laughs> no, I think they referred to Dave Stewart as the, because um, he had that stare, like he'd stare people down. That's why I went with uh, Giggles. Okay, smoke. Yes, Giggles. They called him Smoke, Dave uh, Smoke Stewart. Okay. All right, back to you, uh, Johnson. Here you go. Uh, so we already kind of said this, but Connie Mack was the famous owner-manager for 50 years for the Philadelphia Athletics. But what was his real name? Connie Mack's real name. Oh, my goodness. That's like a deep cut, Guido. Um, you're, you're a big athletics fan. You should know this. This is athletics history. Wow, Connie Mack's real. I Honestly, I don't know. I can't even venture, I guess. Okay. My, okay. my steal here. Yeah, your steal, Scoot. Un- bring you unbeknownst a- to you two fellas, Connie's um, had a he had a part time job. Okay, as a local uh, police officer, uh, and in some places they call those a constable. So his okay. real name was Constable Mac. <laughs> no, but that, that's good. That was a the long story. Is always good. It, like he he tells the story like you know he's gonna get, say it, but he never he doesn't know it. His real name was Cornelius McGillicuddy. Of course it was. Honest, what? Uh, Cornelius I did not know. I know a lot about the A's, and I had never heard that. So. All right. All right. Scoot, back to you for a question. This is a multiple choice question. Ooh, I like for those. You. All right. In 1989, when the Athletics Ask won the World Series. Ask me the 89 questions. In 1989, when Cornelius the Athletics McGillicuddy. won the World Series. Come on. When the Athletics won the World Series in 1989, how many combined home runs did Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco hit that season? Combined. The options are 97, 50, 43, or 74. 97, mm, 50, that's good 43, question. or 74. They're, they're nicknamed the Bash Brothers. They uh, hit hit a lot of home runs. I'm going to say, um, hmm, 97 feels like it's too much. 97, um, 50, 43, or 74? It's not 50. It's not 43. Uh, I'm going to say 74. Oh, son of a... Johnson for the steal. So we have 74 is out. So Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire combined in 90, 89 for 97, 50, or 43 home runs. So I feel like this is a trapdoor question because I would have went with Scooty as well. Um, but I think 97 is too many because other than Canseco's 40-40 season, I don't think he really blasted in the high numbers of home runs. I could be wrong. I could be terribly wrong. Well, he did because he hit, he hit uh, in like the 90s. He had one season where he hit like 46. And then uh, two, he had like two seasons where he hit in the mid-40s and the 90s. But anyways, go ahead. I'm sorry. 
Um, I'm going to say, what was the... Um, so so ni- options are 97, 50, or 43. 74 was Scoot's guess. It was wrong. Well, then, then I'm going to go high. I'm going to go high. You're going 97? Yeah, I'm going to go 97. It was it was it was fifty, wasn't it's it? It's fifty. Dang yes, McGuire had thirty three home runs. Jose was injured most of that season. He only hit seventeen that season. Shoot. Dave Parker hit twenty two, and uh, Dave Henderson hit fifteen. That how season. many did Walt Weiss have? I have no idea. Okay, probably Walt like six. was a Walt was a lover, not a fighter. You lay off. Yeah, him. yeah. All right, so uh, nobody got that one. Johnson, we are back to you. All right, all right. What year? Did the Athletics win their first World Series? What year their did the Athletics first World Series? Um, so you mean all time? I I said the Athletics. Yeah, so I'm gonna go 1915. Oh, that is incorrect. Incorrect. Scoot Ooh. for the steal. What year did the Athletics win their first I'm World say Series? 1923. 1910, they beat the Chicago Cubs in the 1910 World Series to win their first World Series as the Philadelphia Athletics. All right, Scoot, we are back to you. This is one that Johnson will get if you get it wrong, I have a feeling. What is, and you you might get this, what is the full name of the home of the Oakland Athletics? What is the full name? I'll give you I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. It's not the Oakland Coliseum as it's commonly referred to. I want the full name. It is the Oakland Coliseum of Alameda County. All right, Johnson. I want the full name, Johnson. The full name. Yeah, I mean, Scoot, you had it, but it's the Oakland Alameda Uh, County Coliseum. I'm going to give you a buzzer on that, too. That is not the full name. Their home is Ricky Henderson Field at the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum. Well, that's not fair. Right. Ricky is, Henderson fan, you should know that. I don't. You don't. I understand people call it Camden Yards, I mean, but the full name is Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Okay. Well, all right. I'm just saying it just became Ricky Henderson, Henderson Field like three seasons ago. La, yeah, right. A couple, two seasons ago, I think. Yeah. All right. So uh, Johnson, we is are there any back connection to, to the fact that there's sewage problems. <laughs> There's a, at, at that stadium, and they call it Ricky Henderson Field. They might be. They soon might be the Las Vegas Athletics if they don't do something. <laughs> they, will you still? Will or you the, still be or their the fan? San Jose Athletics? Yeah, I feel right. like. All right, Johnson. We're back to you. All right. Name the two Oakland Athletic pitchers that won both the MVP and the Cy Young in the same season. Two pitchers have done it. Can you name them both? MVP and Cy Young. Um. MVP and Cy Young. Wow. Um, MVP and Cy Young. So can you can you if I say the first one, can you go ahead and buzzer me or? Yeah, or, I'll buzz. If you miss the first one, I'll buzzer you. If you get it right, I'll, I'll I won't do anything. Man, this is this is tough. Um, I'm gonna regret this first guess, but I I, I really want to say Dave Stewart. All right. Scoot, so he didn't get any right, okay. obviously. Um, can you name? Can you name the two? Would be Dennis Eckersley. That is correct. Dennis Eckersley is one of the two. He won it in nineteen ninety-two. He won the Cy Young. He was yes. the last. Yep, won it, he won as a closer. As a closer, yes. I marked him off because of he being a closer. All right, I just know your so you got one. A little bit better. Eckersley um, won it in ninety-two. My next guess will be who. Uh, I keep wanting to say, and I know it's wrong. It doesn't make sense. Uh, I'm going to say, this is a horrible guess, Barry Zito. Eckersley won it in 92. Vida Blue won it in 1971. Vida Blue, 71. Never would have guessed that. All right, Scoot, we're back to you. Last question before. Oh, God. What's the score? Last question before the final bluff. Right now, the score is Johnson's got 20. You've got five. So there's still a chance for you. You're still in the hunt. This isn't over yet, boys. But see what you can get here. All right. In 2002, Scooty, 
The Athletics won 20 games in a row. Who hit the walk-off home run to have them win the 20th game in a row? And I'll also help you with a hint, because you always get mad that I never give you hints. I'll also help you with a hint. It was uh, a big portion of the movie Moneyball. Oh, was in the movie well, Moneyball. I guess would be Scott Hatterberg. Very good. Scott Hatterberg hit, it was played by Chris Pratt in the movie Moneyball. He hit the famous walk-off home run in like the 13th or 12th inning to, uh, to win a game. And to win their 20th, Athletics won 20 in a row. And that record was then beaten only in 2017 by the Indians when they won 22 in a row. So there you go. All right, so guys, we got a score of 10 points for Scoot. And we've got 20 points for Johnson. It's time for Final Bluff. And uh, I'm so nervous. The winner winner, uh, gets uh, 25 points. And uh, we'll win, basically, tonight. So uh, let's hear your buzzers, boys. Scoot, what's your buzzer? Honk, 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 <laughs> honk, honk, honk. And Johnson, yours? Mate, mate. All right, so here you go. Ready? Final bluff. In 1901, the Philadelphia Athletics started playing baseball in Major League Baseball for which division? Honk, 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 honk. Scooty. For the win. Wait, 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 wait. For the win, Scooty. Well, uh, seeing as it's known as the senior circuit, I'm going to go with the National League. Oh, no. What? Johnson, for the win. Which league, which division did they play in in 1901? I'm scared. It's a buy. It's a, It's the same as last week. It's the one or two things. <laughs> so it has to be the American League. That's correct. That is correct. The but American I, League. But I would have. I would have guessed. I would have bet a million dollars. Scoot was correct. Uh. That, that is not. Scoot was wrong. It was the American League. The uh, the Philadelphia Athletics played the American League. I even had a hint for you earlier in the questions when I told you in 1910. They beat the Chicago Cubs for the World uh, Series. It was a hint. It was even like a little subtle hint I had in there. But guess what, folks? The streak is over. Johnson has come back to finally win for the first time since week one of Bluff the Fluffs. Johnson is back, and he is he has won. Bluff the Fluffs again. Scoot listen, still has a lead. Three bluffs I'm gonna say to, this right now. to uh, two. But I it's, expect it's, next week's bluff the fluffs to be about the various varieties of macaroni and cheese we're just going to hand pick johnson's favorite things why don't we pick some of mine listen i feel like uh i I feel like i did a pretty good job of giving johnson the harder questions in here he had all the questions about the philadelphia athletics listen you i can talk velveeta for days you just there was not listen there was not one Ricky Henderson balls. question in there because I don't count the no. name there was, was it, no the stolen base years there were there were no Ricky Henderson questions yeah Johnson's questions were pretty those were pretty uh he had the tougher questions scoot I oh will t- I'll give goodness. you that all right well congrats Johnson I'm glad that you finally uh you finally came back and got yes. a bluff the fluffs I've made so, I've uh, made it a game now it's three to two. Three to two. It's coming. It's coming back. I'll even write that at the top of my sheet. Three to two. All right, guys. Well, listen, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk more. So don't go anywhere. Thanks for listening to Tob Radio. Welcome back to Top Radio. Guido along with Scoot and Johnson. Don't forget to find us on the Twitter. I'm at Tob Guido. Scoot's at Tob Scoot. And Johnson's at Tob Johnson. And those are zeros, not a bunch of O's. So, you know, use the zeros, folks. Seriously. Seriously. Scoot, uh, Scoot, uh, we're we're in transfer portal season. I've got – I want to talk about that. Okay. So – I'm trying to educate myself on the transfer. I don't feel like it existed three years ago. I don't think it did either. 
So do you know how this works? Do you know how the transfer portal works? Like by the it's way, something you... where you put your name out there. Like, hey, I want to get, tra- I want to transfer. So yeah. So how it works is, is the student athlete has to go to the the compliance officer for the school, and he has to tell he tells the compliance officer, hey, I want to put my name in the. Tra-. It's basically a database that any Division One team or any NCAA team can look at to see who wants to transfer. So he goes to the compliance officer at the school and he says, hey. I want to transfer. I want to put it be put on the transfer portal. And he has the school has 48 hours to either convince him to not enter the transfer portal or or put his name in. And the school has to put his name in. So if you go to Ohio State and you go to the compliance officer and you say, "Hey, I I want to I want to be put on the transfer portal." Your the coaching staff has 48 hours to try to talk you out of it, and if you don't change your mind in those 48 hours, your name has to be put in. And so your but name's are in. We, but are we? But so that's. Remember when people would talk about the mysterious clearinghouse? Have we just given a high tech name to the clearinghouse, and we don't well, realize I th- it? I think the no, because I think the difference was is that I think once you enter the transfer portal. Like you have, you sever, I mean, you sever your ties with that school. Like you are no longer. You can go back though. You can go back? Yeah. If you go in the portal, you can go back if nobody wants. (laughs) Sounds like we're talking about like Star Trek. Like (laughs) you've entered into a different dimension. Well, so I just think it's, it's kind of, it's basically become free agency for college athletics. It's really what it is. It a hundred percent is what it looks like to me, but it's like, it's, it's their choice of free agency. It's like you can decide at any point of your career to be a free agent. Right. In, in college athletics. And and what I've noticed also is the NCAA, I think, has has lessened its restrictions on transferring. They're, they've they seem to be granting a lot more of those hardship transfers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the grad transfer is a big deal. So you you get your degree in four years because they redshirted you your freshman year and now you're going to transfer to a school and you've got two years to get to play one year and you go to a school that doesn't have the the master's program that you want and you can play right away right that's how they that's how they're getting getting around that Um, now something interesting of note is that um Guido and I were both transfers. We were. We were both transfers. I never got to enter a transfer portal. I was getting ready to say, I, I didn't get to put my name the in the portal, portal either. Yeah. Um, had I put my name in the portal, I don't know that I would have ended up where I ended up. <laughs> I, I, to be honest with you, it's still kind of amazing you, that I ended up where I ended up in the first place. <laughs> you think you think because of because of your height height and speed that you would have gone somewhere else? Well, fellas, I am a triple threat. I'm not sure you're aware of the the three threats I possess. Okay. Handsome. <laughs> funny. M- modest. And athletic. That's a triple <laughs> threat. <laughs> I mean, so had I put myself in a portal as such. You felt like you, there would have been more opportunities. I would have had First, to like wade through. First of all, they would have been like, like I can see the person on the other end of the portal would have been like pulling up database records. You would have popped up. They would have said, why is Tom Selleck trying to come to school here? Then they would have had to do a a double take. They would have done the double take and been like, oh, wait. The, (laughs) the, The kids often call me Magnum. So you know the 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 pro for the transfer portal. The reason that the transfer portal is so good is because you know now and and, and it's and it's designed for any le- any uh, collegiate athletic you know level. So right. you could be the a field hockey kid at you know Ohio State and say, hey, put me in the transfer portal so I can transfer and play field hockey at Boston College. So do you think? That and then and then that allows all of these schools then to see that you want to transfer and do research on you. So you think if you entered, if you had entered the portal uh, for your transfer year, that there would have been more schools that would have done, you know, that the, the resort, the research on your your triple threat. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I, I would have. Th- I think that um, my transfer options were somewhat limited because of the lack of a portal. Had there been a portal. I would have I would have had a lot of deliberating to 
to have. To I think. Do. I you think also the, the other problem been, is uh, you would have been coming home from class every day, and there would have been just like boxes of Velveeta at your doorstep <laughs> from yeah, like all universities trying to exactly trying yeah, right. to lure you, trying to get you in. But uh, the other problem you would have had back then, Scoot, too, is there was no Google, so nobody would have been able to find you anyways That's if you were true. in the portal. The database would have been like <laughs> black with green type. Yeah, yeah right. it was like right. the Dewey Decimal System. Run dot go. You'd, you would send your floppy disks to all the schools. Yes, that was, yes. And read this paper I wrote. Um, um, I I think that this transfer portal though, it can change teams' complexion real fast. Well, I think especially, I think football that's harder to do. I think especially in basketball, and I think that's where we're gonna you're gonna see it. But a don't lot. you think what, you know, I know we're giving it a hard time, but don't you think it's better that it is this way? I mean, at least in my mind, it puts it out there. Everyone's in the know. There's no like, because didn't you used to wonder when a guy just transferred previously? Well, how, you know, what was the back channel discussions that were going on or how did the, how did he make that known? I mean, I guess I just don't know enough about it, but at least now from just from a fan standpoint, at least you might not like it when a guy puts his name in the hat for the transfer portal, but at least to me it levels the playing field. I'll like, be honest. Okay, it's a it's a known quantity. People can openly talk to him. You know, there, there are there times where I wish guys would put their names stuff. in the transfer portal. There's a couple of guys <laughs> yeah, right. I'd like to see you roll out. <laughs> right. Here's here's my problem with it. And and this is and this is this is where I'm going to sound like a, a, a definitely a T. Back in my day, I I miss the days when you used to recruit a player. He played for your team. He built through the system, and he became a star. And then he left, and you, you know you were like, oh, Pat White was the greatest, or Major Harris was. The, well, we don't think Major Harris was the greatest, but you know, yeah, like, we do. Yeah, you know, or you yeah, go we back, do. Or okay, you go, so you let's know, let's say okay, so. Let's take um, well now. You guys will know this better. I feel than like I do. now. I feel like now, especially Scoot. I feel like now in basketball, especially in basketball. I feel like now every year it's it's five different guys out there. It's you know it's seven different guys that are playing in the court. Like you don't well, know them. Basketball year to year. is kind of a. I I look at it in football. Basketball, you're always going to have crazy turnover as long as you've got a one and done type rule, uh, mm-hmm. especially in the major the major uh college only, only at the to, major university yeah you know? i mean there's only a handful of universities that are always one and done i mean at, at a level like you know the west virginias and the syracuses and the well syracuse is kind of one and done but the west virginias and the the uh, god god i can't believe i say this but the pits those mid mid d1 schools that compete every year still though you know you know we had pits noggle played a couple years for us i mean those guys that was a team you know we don't have that well, anymore I don't know any of these guys that are going to be playing well, on the team next I, year. I think you have that. I think I think we have that more than we think now. I think it's in our face right now as WVU fans because we're having a coaching change. Don't you think it's more prevalent when there's some kind of administration change than you see guys side, yeah. shoveling? Yeah, well, and I think basketball too. If there's coaching changes involved, I think that's where this pops up a lot more in my mind. Well, I take a guy referring to WVU. Let's go basketball since – that's where Guido's laying right now. If I take Dalton Pepper, right? Dalton okay. Pepper was a pretty good Mountaineer for the short time he was here. He played. He was. He, he uh, started some games, somewhat athletic. He was, he was also cited. He was also cited for um, urination in public. Hey, listen. Whatever. It's college, dude. You did stupid stuff it's, too. It gets the best of us. I'm just saying. I mean. You say cited, I say fertilizing. It could have been, yes. Yeah, just doing know. a public so duty. Just doing a public he, duty. Um, he transferred. But he transferred. There was no talk of portals back then. It wasn't that right. long ago. I'm going to say that was probably, what, seven, eight, nine years ago at the most. If that, yeah, if that, yeah. Um, would you have rather known that he was leaving ahead of time? Or would you rather go the way it did where we were just like one day it was fall and he wasn't there anymore? Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely the difference between the transfer portal. Like now, it's like it's like news. Like you know, oh, you know, so and so's entered the transfer portal. Well, I and I guess I guess in his defense too, in my like when that kind of stuff was going on, going on, then you just make the assumption that he made that decision. He reached out to Temple, 
you know, he had some connection there and then he approached and said, Hey, look, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm doing. I'm assuming that's how that used to, used to work. That's how it used to always work. Maybe the portals always existed and we just have not really known it as such. And since today's media is Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you know, now we know because, you know, uh, Joe Smith says, Hey, you know what? I hate Huggins or I hate uh, Calipari. I'm out of here. I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to put my name out there. You know, like, I think maybe we know that more now. Yeah. I mean, I, I, well, I definitely think that this, like you said, like this has made this the free agency of, of basketball. The difference was, is that, you know, maybe you got some inklings from the press that a guy wanted the transfer or, you know, that he was thinking about leaving the program or whatever, and it made, maybe made the local news at whatever college I was. But now it's like, you know, XYZ wants to leave a team, and it, it's put on, you know, 24-7 sports, ESPN's, it's he's in the transfer portal, and it becomes news. And so now it becomes like another a whole other recruiting process for that player. Well, and, and I guess changed. I guess previously, too, I'm also kind of assuming that, the underbelly of basketball in that case worked in that process as well. You know, it cycled through that process a bit too. Like, what am I trying to say? Like, so, you know, player X's people that he's connected with through like maybe AAU coaches or something like they're reaching out to other coaches. Like, Hey, I'm hearing some chatter that Dalton's not enjoying his experience at WV. I don't know. I'm just trying to use an example right. and that it kind of filtered that way. It, and it probably still does, but I guess I'm just wondering now, you know, does this portal make it more above board and people can just be upfront about it instead of sneaking around or something. I think a lot of it is kids, they want they want fame and everything right now mm-hmm. so nobody wants to sit and do the work to get to where these other guys have gone before them so when you're a freshman coming into a college you want to be the guy you don't want to wait to be the guy and that's where the difference is is there's a lot of kids that don't like to wait and i see it at the high school level we don't have a transfer portal at the high school level but Guys don't want to put the work in that might be required to become the next guy. They just want to show up and be the guy. Right. And when you find out that you're not the guy, then you say, well, screw this. I'll go somewhere else that maybe I can be the guy faster. Yeah, it's just inter- it's just an interesting system. It's interesting, you know, what it's going to end up doing to college sports. Because it's definitely – this. I feel like this is pretty much the first year where it's kind of like it is – the big thing in college sports off seasons. Now we're in the football and, and basketball off season. And it is like, everybody's like every day checking the transfer portal. So anyways, let's take a break. We'll come back with, uh, everybody's favorite segment. Hashtag open segment. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Tob radio. Welcome back to Top Radio, Guido along with Johnson and Scoot, and it's time for everybody's favorite segment, open segment, brought to you by Tactical Legion Knives. Tactical Legion Knives, check them out, Amazon.com, just tap in Tactical Legion right there at the top, and buy yourself probably the best knife you will ever own, Tactical Legion Knives. Scoot, what do you got for open segment? Okay, well, um, you fellas, of course, like to, to eat, Correct. I am so. a fan, yes. My okay, this, uh, waistline topic, would attest to that. <laughs> this topic might be something a little bit closer to Johnson's uh, taste buds because um, this involves some Mexican fast food. Okay. Wait, um, so we're, we're, either, we're either Taco Bell or Chipotle or is it like one of the big, big it names? Is, it's one of the big boys. It's now Taco look. Bell. If now, you're going to put Taco Bell and Chipotle in the same sentence, I don't know if we can be friends anymore. Listen, okay? What are we talking about? Are we talking about ground like, beef? What are we even Moe's? doing here? How do you feel about Moe's? Like, where does Moe's stack up to Chipotle? So, sidebar topic, Scoot, if you'll allow me yes, a minute. Sure, sure. This We may need to explore this question a second. <laughs> so, Moe's used to be 
my main squeeze, if you will. Okay. You like when you walk in. And Look yeah, I was like Norm walking into Cheers. You thought you were, but that's what they said. If your name Everybody was Mo, if watching. your name was Mo, it would have been. It would be ironic <laughs> if your name was Mo and you had never been to Mo's before. Um, no, I. So it's all about the people that work there. So I used to walk in, and um, there, I there were a group of guys that worked there, ECU college guys. The one dude's name I didn't know his name, so we just referred to him as Dude, and Dude would always make the best burritos and um everything was it was clean it was it was run well so cut to the chase i was a huge moe's fan now sadly my local moe's um they they've just let themselves go a little bit it's not nearly as good i'm still a fan my kids still given the choice they love moe's while we're um, sidebar and while we're sidebar and scoot i have a question for you about about eating out I feel like this would be a problem for you. How do you feel about restaurants where you actually like see the person making the food in front of you? Like you see, oh. you physically see that person, and like they're like you go to Moe's, you go to Chipotle, you go to Jersey Mike's or Subway, you go to any of those places. The person makes the food while you sit there and watch. Okay, them. so I, I I do have a thought on this. Um, it's going to surprise you, maybe. I actually kind of prefer it in a way. Okay. Because I like to see what I'm getting into. Scoot but we, likes like, so to we, supervise. So Scoot, we know we know for a fact that you are, you know, a severe sort of germaphobe. <laughs> severe. severe. God, you're borderline OCD. Hang you know, on, I have to what wipe off like, my microphone. If, <laughs> if you walk in in the in the person who is at your local Chipotle or Jersey Mike's or Moe's doesn't look like a very healthy sort of, you know, maybe not well-groomed. Uh, okay, you know, so here's my does question. That affect, how, does that affect your ordering? How deep am I into the line or the ordering? <laughs> oh, okay, that's good. That's, that's good. Well, I think it's awkward both ways because I think it's awkward if you're like, if you've been standing in line for like five minutes and you finally get to the front and the person's kind of sketchy, it's awkward <laughs> to leave at that point. But it's also awkward if you walk in and there's nobody else there and, you, yeah. and you're like, you know... You're like, oh, I changed now, my mind. I gotta leave. I don't need. So, I don't need a number okay, five so right let now. Let me tell you a story. A little brief story. <laughs> I went to a local uh, fast food eatery, and okay. uh, they make sandwiches there. And in front so of you, I go in. Not very many people in there. However, yeah. I look around at the clientele. I'm not real thrilled about who's in there. Okay, I go up to the counter. <laughs> it's somebody I know. Okay. Oh, oh no, that's pretty bad. Working that's at good. the counter. And, and you already have a you already have an opinion about I this person. I have an opinion, and they this person was very picker. friendly to me. Like, hey, haven't seen you in a long time. Like, real chatty. And <laughs> so I, now you feel obligated. I was it. repulsed by this person, so I'm like, oh, what do I do? So but my first thought in. was, you're one, in. I've got to order something where they have very little hand to hand, hand to food contact. And then secondly, I had pickles, to make a sir? decision. No, no pickles. <laughs> if if I was once I did get this item, if I was actually going to eat it. <laughs> so uh, what I was that bad? Like was, your opinion was that low of this person? The guy, the guy, he was like a you know a known nose picker. I like a, I chose. <laughs> this will be funny. I chose to eat the $4 instead of eating the food that was prepared for me. Come on. <laughs> so, so you, you, you went you ahead and ordered. Did you at least it to like a homeless person or something? I yeah, walked in, I tell you, no, I wouldn't give it to a homeless person. I wasn't real sure about the the quality. <laughs> oh, There's like a dog outside. You drop it off to the dog. Oh, it was like, <laughs> it was, I was so beside myself because I, I could not walk back out. So like, see, this is my argument. This is my argument, Scoot. This is why it's better. Like if the person is, you don't see the person. Like you go to a restaurant and you order a burger. Like you don't question that. I mean, other than if your mind plays tricks on you, you don't question that burger. You don't know what the guy true. did back there. You don't true. see him make it. Well, but. but your other point stands too because I I like. So you want to hit one of those places like at a lunch hour. I want high turnover. Things are moving like, fast. Yeah, they got to get some, They don't have time I'm, to mess around with your food. Right. I'm I'm turning over inventory. That lettuce hasn't been sitting there for 23 hours. You know stuff like that. <laughs> All right. Sorry, Scoot. We didn't mean to. Okay. To yeah. Completely so jump we, off topic. We digress. Back, we digress. Back to the open segment. So uh, apparently in Louisiana, which 
Also, a little side note, Slidell, Louisiana, which was a, a common site for uh, live PD. Anyway, a, uh, the police got a phone call from a patron who okay. was uh, at a Taco Bell. Okay. And, um, the complaint, any guesses as to what the complaint was? Uh, their food was good. They were very upset by it. They were, this person was very upset because... Um, well, they found something in the food. I'm just scared to venture a guess at what they found. The Taco Bell in Slidell had actually run out of hard and soft taco shells. Okay. Wait, so, wait. Yeah. It's that Taco would seem, Bell. That would seem to be a giant problem. Yeah, right. So the customer who was irate called the police. Called okay. the police because okay. they couldn't get their tacos. All right. Yes. So now this is a customer problem, not if a If you're a manager at Taco Bell, wouldn't you just close the close and lock the doors? Be right. like, hey, we're closed. Yeah. Or we got a taco problem. Maybe you just put a, <laughs> get a marker out and put a line through the tacos. So how do you think? How, like, how what do you, you look at the menu? The, and they, they're like, oh, sorry, sir. No, we don't have any tacos. <laughs> there's like a big Ghostbusters there's like, sign there's like over the, half the, the menu. All that's there is like the taco salad that, you know, that you could order. Well, how do you how do you think the Slidell Police Department like? Do you think when it came in, they're like, uh, "Hey, uh, Officer Two, we got a uh, four fifty eight taco in process." Like, do you think there's a secret code for low tacos in the area? So I don't know. So the police department, though, because of this complaint, felt the need that they had to respond via Facebook. That um, via Facebook, somebody had complained and that they had run out of hard and soft taco shells. And while it was a travesty, the police cannot do anything about it. Um, and that hopefully they would have, you know, replenish the stock for Taco Tuesday. So let me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you a little bit about my favorite Taco Bell thing to do. And this is a fun one. And I'll, I'll, we'll do this with you guys tonight. Um, is this like a is this like a menu hack? You're I can tell. Go into? I, no, oh, even better. Not even a Taco pro Bell tip. pro tip. No, because I do I do not like Taco Bell. So I can guarantee you after we do this segment, I don't think Taco Bell will be sponsoring us, um, even though they are opening up a Taco Bell hotel somewhere. But that's a whole Johnson other topic. Johnson and I have had Taco Bell together. I've had Taco Bell. I'm just have saying we? I'm not a fan. Mm-hmm. Elkins. We have? Fun thing to do, by the way, is to go to do Google remember News. remember where we were? <laughs> yeah. I feel bad now. He said, he said Elkins. It was a moment. Um, <laughs> all right. Go to, uh, go to Google News. If, if you get a chance here, go to Google News All and right. just type in, very similar like you would with Florida Man, just type in Taco Bell Man. It's a fun game to play. It's my favorite game to play. Taco Bell Man. Here, I'll read some of the uh, the news things that come back real quick. Man arrested after dispute in Taco Bell drive through Okay, common. Right, right, right. Here you go. One injured in shooting outside of a Taco Bell <laughs> in Minnesota. And this is all. That was one day ago. Five hours ago, Johnson City Man sold weed to a taco to a police officer out of a Taco Bell. Homeless woman... St- <laughs> Homeless woman sticks man with syringe in Taco Bell drive-thru three days ago. So if I just go to Google and I type in Taco Bell man space, I get poops and beans, licking (laughs) shells. Like some of these are just, ugh. You're not in Google News? This one's the best of both worlds. No, just straight up Google, front page of Google. On Newsweek, a Florida man was taken into custody last weekend after punching a Taco Bell employee in the ribs. So I, so they they called the police. Some of the comments on that Facebook post that the police had put in, somebody said that it should be renamed Taco Dumbbell. Okay. <laughs> wow, are people serious about their processed or pe- wow people are serious about their processed foods? Wow, I'm not See, sure. That sounds what's like the someone crime. that eats at Chipotle made that calling comment. the police for that stupidity or eating at Taco Bell. And somebody also wrote Slidell Police Department. This is definitely Nacho Problem. <laughs> okay, plus one for that one. Plus one, good, good, ding. Well, I don't think that uh, we will, when we're playing the top open, I don't think we will uh, be eating Taco Bell hey, afterwards. I knocked down some tacos from Taco Bell. I don't care. Do you really? Do you do you go to Taco Bell? Is there? You go to Taco on Bell occasion. on a regular? On occasion. Man, I can't. T- I, I had Taco Bell. I think. Once last year, and it was disgusting. Well, you got to go to the right one. 
No, I don't. <laughs> Isn't that the thing about fast food? It's the same everywhere, right? No, no, no. But here's the thing. Like, wouldn't you rather go? I mean, and, I, and I'm not a huge Chipotle fan either or Moe's fan. But I feel like if I'm if I'm wanting a taco or a burrito or some sort of uh, Mexican, you know, ethnic-esque food, that I'm going to pick a Moe's or a Chipotle over a Taco Bell. I don't. I'd rather pay four dollars for a good burrito than ninety nine cents for a very bad sauce. Well, that's this. the thing. I mean, do you have? Tacos. You know, what's your budget? So, I've had some very good tacos from like little no name taco stands. Well, those are yeah. Those are risk takers. But well, I mean, those are usually the best if you find the right setup. Yeah, you got You're just you're just taking. Also, that, can that, I say this? You're taking that salmonella challenge while we're talking about tacos. <laughs> tacos. And you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. In the 80s. But are you ever wrong? In the 80s and early 90s, were there Mexican restaurants? Because I don't remember them. Uh, there was every town had like one Mexican restaurant. Not in my town. This is the weirdest question. <laughs> Not in my ever. town. Oh, uh, we had we had a Mexican restaurant in town. I yeah. think we had the one Mexican New England, restaurant, but no, we didn't have no Taco Mexicans. Bell. We had Taco Bell no like Mexican, by the late no 90s. Mexican food. But no, I mean, I mean it's it's not as big as it is now. To me, I don't growing up, Taco Bell I mean, was like an Arizona thing. Yeah. Scoot, what are you it's talking about? Thing. Like, what are you talking in the Southwest? Yeah, like, sort of what are you talking about? From across the, the border, what? It was like 1993, and then the people looked at each other and they were like, "Okay, I think the coast is clear for us to open these Mexican restaurants like, here now." I, I was talking worried? to a buddy of mine. The- I don't think I had a taco until like 1993. What? <laughs> I, who was making them? We didn't have we didn't have Mexican <laughs> restaurants. You don't see all these Italian guys making tacos. <laughs> like, come on, uh, they didn't have tacos in Connecticut. You know, it was I, yeah, like, if they did, they weren't serving them to me. And shepherd's pie—that was all you could get in Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> we had a lot of Irish people, a lot of Italians, the occasional Polish. We had some pierogies. We had some uh, some lasagna. And corned beef. They could get pizza, though. They yeah, could get, you can pizza. get pizza. Pizza. You're not going to find tacos anywhere. Oh, man. Well, that was a great open segment. I'm glad. I kind of like the food segments, man. The food segments kind of lead us down a funny path sometimes. So it's always funny to see how you guys unhealthily eat, yet I'm still the biggest one here. So <laughs> it's very it's, depressing. It's how um, you eat it. It's. So, Scoot, uh, before we go, tell us a little bit about our sponsor, Tactical Lesion. Tactical Lesion Knives. It's a family-owned and operated company with a focus on heavy-duty knives. We love knives and have been in the knife industry for more than 15 years. When you buy a knife from us, you're buying a knife to last. We're a cut above the rest. Tactical Lesion. All right, thanks, Scoot. Appreciate it. And uh, guys, great week. It was fun to be back. I think we're probably going to be off next week. That's what we're kind of looking down the barrel of. But we'll be back in two weeks with another great uh, Tob Radio episode. So, uh, you know, make sure you keep hitting that subscribe button. Share us, like us, all that stuff. Find us online, TobRadio.com. Tob That's Radio. Top radio. That's your hub for uh, for everything about us. So, uh, guys, thanks. Have a great have a great two weeks. We'll see you soon. And uh, thanks for listening to Top Radio. Mm-hmm.